0: Hello, brothers and sisters, Pastor Jason here. I'm so glad to be back with you here on this episode. Again, I want to thank you for sharing these podcasts with your friends and we've been very blessed for the amount of uh, encouragement we've had through this but uh we've had 4750 downloads as of today we're going to reach for that 5000 mark here real soon i'd like to come up with a good idea maybe a giveaway or something uh to be able to do during that time if you have any ideas just email me message me on facebook uh, however you can you can actually message me through the podbean as well however you'd like to do that but uh if you have my number shoot me a text but I want to talk to you on this podcast about something that is probably a difficult topic, may not be the most popular topic, but I think it's important. I think it'll be especially important for some of those that are considering going into ministry and understanding kind of the workings of the church, because there are things in the church that I tell people a lot of the times, I say, you know, the easiest thing to do is just go to church. Don't get involved in ministry. Don't get involved in those things. Just be a witness and win people to the Lord. But there is a part of this thing. Uh, this church thing that we have to deal with. And I believe in the full counsel of God. And I want to talk to you on this episode about church discipline and church discipline is an interesting thing. Um, to talk about but uh, it is we have mixed reviews mixed opinions on it but again I taught last night on uh, Sola scriptura which is a Latin for scripture alone and I think we need to go to the word of God on this topic uh, not talk about how we feel or what we think but I think it's important to look in first Corinthians Paul dealt with this subject in first Corinthians chapter 5 and in first Corinthians chapter 5 we know the Corinthian church a lot of people have, have uh, talked about the Corinthian church about the Struggle they've had, and how they were—they were, you know, uh, basically just blatantly sinning. But the truth is, uh, a lot of our churches are like the Corinthian church today. Um, we like to think we're doing real good, but the truth is, Paul—he uh, went ahead and wrote two books about the Corinthian church. He loved the Corinthian church. So though they had failures, it's a great place to start when you're talking about church discipline. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, Paul says this. He said, It's reported commonly that there is fornication among you. Such fornication is not as much named among the Gentiles that one should have his father's wife. You are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he hath done this deed, might you be take might be taken away from among you. In other words, Paul's not talking to the person that fornicated; he's talking to the leadership of the church, and he's saying, you know, you've got someone that's taken your father's wife, someone that slept with your father's wife with their with their uh, father's wife. So there was obviously a son that had done this, and he said, I've even heard this. And he said, he said, basically, he goes on in verse three and four to say, "Hey, that I'm absent with you, I'm still present with you in spirit." And he says, "I, I, you know, I would, I would have gathered together, but my spirit uh, with you, but I wasn't there." But he said in verse five, he says, "To such a one, uh, and uh, that I would deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord." And he's basically saying, you know, you're going to have to put this person out of the church. Obviously, this person had a problem that it was blatant sin. You know, I want to say this. I'm not talking about someone who struggles with sin that's just gotten saved and maybe they're battling some things because he he deals with that. In verse 12, he says, for what I have to do to judge them that are also without. So he's saying you know, I'm not judging the people outside of the church, but do not ye judge them that within. He's saying, I'm not talking about someone that's fornicating outside of the church. I'm not talking about someone that's just coming to the church and trying to overcome sin, but I'm dealing with someone that's in the church. This young man, I don't know what his age was, but he obviously was sleeping with his father's wife. He was in the church long enough that he should have known better. And, you know, first of all, And we talk about sins, and I've had this question about this. Well, if you're going to discipline someone in church, I mean, discipline, putting them out of the church, that's, that's the, you know, worst case scenario, but that has to happen sometimes. But there's also discipline that you set people down, that people take a break, especially if they're in ministry. Immediately, if they have fornicated with someone, anyone, uh, it is time to set them down, whether they're married or not or whether the person they fornicate with, thats that they have sex with. You have to deal with that. And if leadership doesn't deal with that, I believe that God will deal with them. And if you let that go in your church, then not only will people see it, it'll hurt the church, but think about a sexual sin that hurts more than the person you know, and, and it's not that one sin is worse than the others, but different sins affect people differently. And Paul says, uh, you know, basically deliver one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Well, I don't know how many times I've heard that in churches today. I've heard a lot of sermons preached. But the truth is the word of God says that we should deliver such a one to Satan. In other words, cast him out of the church. And this person, I don't know how many times it happened, once, twice, three times. I don't know how many people he did it with. But the bottom line is... Paul doesn't just deal with someone that's actually fornicated, though I do believe, you know, sexual sin goes to deeper depths of the soul than some of the other sins, for instance, overeating. If someone's overeating, gluttony is sin. I know it's not preached about a lot either, but... Really, if you're eating uh, yourself into a heart attack, the truth is you're just affecting yourself. Yes, if you if you die, you'll affect your family and even your church family will mourn for you. But if you're going around having sex with people, that's a different deal. That affects different people, different families. There could be people divorced because of what you've done, uh, and and that doesn't mean uh, just you, someone in your family. That means in someone that's outside of your family. Uh, not just, in other words, your father's wife. I think this deals with fornication it needs to be taken seriously. But also in verse 12, uh, excuse me, in verse 11, he deals with other sins. He says, but I now have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard. In other words, a partier, uh, a covetous person that covets something else that someone else has this, that maybe is this malicious or this an idolater that that's given into idolatry, you know, or a drunkard. Or extortioner that extorts people for their own gain, you know, that, that, that uses people to with such a one, do not eat. Boy, isn't that interesting. I mean, he's, he's cutting it pretty thin, first Corinthians chapter five. But the truth is, he said, you know, he deals with more than just one sin. And the bottom line is, anybody that is inside the church that claims to be a Christian, the thing is, you have to remember church discipline has one purpose. The purpose is not for someone to go to hell the person the the purpose is not for someone to feel bad the purpose is that they may come to repentance. And he dealt with that in chapter 5. He says that the Spirit may be saved in the day of our Lord. All discipline is meant to do is just like when you discipline your child, it's mean to bring him into correction. If my child runs out in the street, if my grandson, my granddaughter, if they one of them would run out into the street, I'd discipline him. Eventually I'd talk to him, and then eventually I, I might give him a whooping. I mean, we do that. And I mean, I, I'm, if you know, their parents aren't here, I'm not going to ask permission. I'm their grandfather because I don't want them to get ran over by the car. It's serious now, guys. And that's the way it is in the church is that if someone's doing these types of things, how else will they know if the church just goes along with it and there is a type of, it's condoning it. It's allowing it. You know, if, if you go and you drive a car for someone who robs a bank, and then you leave, you're going to be just as guilty. You drove the car. You're going to be you're going to be punished as well through the law. But we bring into the church basically that we're allowing these things to happen. We hear of these things to happen, and if we don't discipline, we don't take care of things. And I know these things aren't prevalent, praise God. But there are entire churches that will ignore these facts, and they go on and they sweep uh, things under the rug. They sweep molestations under the rug. God help us. I mean, if we can't even deal with our own people in our own church, how can we go reach a lost and dying world for the for the cause of Christ? I mean, we ought to be able to handle these things and make judgments over these things, and Of course, if someone fails and they fall, uh, for instance, if they're on any kind of your uh, ministry team at all or just in the church, uh, first thing you may need to do is say, you know what? Uh, for instance, uh, whatever, if you're taking up the offering and you're giving into this certain sin, whether it, even if you're, even if you're going out and getting drunk and, and it's, and it's a habitual thing and it's not something that you're really seems like you're dealing with and you're not getting any counseling and you're not going to any support group or, you know, we don't see you in the altar and weeping and asking for help. I mean there's going to be a time I mean if you slip one time it's one thing but if you continue in it there's going to be a time you're going to say hey you know what probably shouldn't be helping on that team anymore we probably need to spend some time of prayer and of fasting to get this yoke broken because the truth is the next thing they may they may be in a in a barroom brawl and get killed I mean they may be driving down the road and be a drunk driver and kill somebody kill themselves and God help us if we don't help discipline someone and and the whole idea of discipline is simply restoration. But there is some times that even this discipline, obviously Paul's talking about this deal was bad enough with this young man that slept with his father's wife. Uh, it was bad enough. He said, you know, just turn him over to the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved. In other words, I'm not going to try to restore him in our church. And there is a place for that. There's a place for you to say, you know what? Hey, there's a lot of churches. You know, most churches, I uh, I remember I, for years, I did ministry in a real small town. And, you know, there there's like 30, Forty churches in that little little town, and I mean, there's there's thousand churches in Wichita. I don't know how many, but there's there's a bunch. My point is, is there's other places to go, and you know, eventually. Uh, if somebody is, is disciplined correctly. Now there's never a time that I think someone should be, I should, you know, disciplined harshly and you treat them the horrible, but you sit down and you have a talk with them. You say, you know, sister, brother, you know, this happened and you understand it. And you know, most of the times when I've dealt with church discipline, normally the person is very receptive. I mean, normally they understand, but I've seen many sometimes that they don't understand. They've said, well, I don't understand why, why, you know, the church disciplines and and, and, it's, and they're ignorant of it. That's one of the reasons why I did this podcast. I'm like, People just, they don't know. But, well, the problem is they don't know their Bible. And then the Bible's, in Corinthians, Paul deals with other disciplines, and there's things even about, he even talks about spiritual gifts and what to do and what not to do and how you're abusing these spiritual gifts. I mean, the Bible's full of it. And and so our discipline in the church needs to be taken seriously, and we need to talk to people about it. Matter of fact, uh, we have a little class coming up our church and I'm going to talk about church discipline. That's one of the things I'm going to teach the people. And I believe it needs to be talked about more that there is a place that you need to set down from whatever ministry it is. There is a time that you may be asked to even set out of the church for a while. Depends on what the sin is. Depends on who it's affected. It was affect people in the church and you've been in the wrong and we have then and, and people been victimized within the church, uh, whether whatever it is, uh, screaming, yelling, cussing them out, making them feel bad. There's a time for discipline and i'll tell you i've i've known and and heard and it's on the news every week there's a sin in the church and someone is wielding their tongue and 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 being mean and being hateful and rude to people and hurting people and over and over again there's no discipline well there's no leadership then the leadership is responsible in the church to deal with this, regardless of who it is. It doesn't matter. A pastor, a senior pastor, you can deal with the senior pastor. There is there is steps in every church should be in the bylaws that if the pastor gets wayward and the pastor falls into sin, that that church, that board, however the church is structured, the pastor needs to be dealt with according to Scripture. And I think there's a time that we we kind of have this idea that, well, no, we just got to love. Well, love, love is discipline. If I don't discipline my grandchild and I let him run out in the street and he gets run over, I can say I loved him. No, I didn't love him. I didn't discipline him. No, that wasn't love at all, and that wasn't doing my job, my part. It is our part to discipline just like they were our children. You know, Paul says, I discipline my body that I may not become of no effect. Paul dealt with discipline himself, and though Paul struggled, Paul didn't have these things that damaged and hurt the church that he did over and over again, or Paul himself would have been dealt with according to his own words. And so it's important when we think about church discipline that it's not punishment but it's discipline. See that's one of the things about discipline. Even with our children, we think, well, our our discipline is punishment. No, it's never meant to be punishment to like the punishment to to make you suffer and and, and this sadistic view of 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 something, you know, hurting someone, that's never the point. The point of discipline is to bring them into right right understanding. And God help us if someone's fallen into sin and we don't tell them, brother, sister, you know, we need to, there needs to be a time of prayer and of fasting. And, and I've always, for years, uh, I've been on ministry teams just about the year after I was saved. And we will, we would always offer counseling and to pay for counseling to the person because there's a roadblock. What does counseling do? Counseling just simply, there's a roadblock. There's something you're missing. There's something you're not understanding. And there's a roadblock in your life. You have this habitual sin that you won't deal with. And then, and then it's just been, it's been going. And by the way, all, sin will, sin will get worse. You know, it'll make you pay more than you want to pay. Take you further than you want to go. Make you stay longer than you want to stay. Sin will make you, it'll be worse and worse. Addictions will begin hurting you. Then it'll begin hurting your family. Then it'll begin hurting your church and so on and so forth. That's the way that it works. And so, as we discipline someone, we're bringing them into right understanding to be able to correct it. And then, obviously, Paul even deals with restoring a brother or sister; that you to restore them in like manner, unless ye yourself fall. So, restoration needs to happen in the body. But there is a time in the body of Christ that we can restore, and there is a time, for instance, uh, if a, for instance, if a if a family has been hurt by an abuser. And that family remains in the church; they are a victim. Then the person is also in the church. They may that person. Uh, let's just say that this man hurt this family. Well, that family wants to remain in fellowship. Sometimes, a lot of times, if that happens, they leave the church, and then and then that, there's a different issue. You might be able to restore the man. But if that family stays in the church. Then that man will need to be disciplined, and then he will need to be turned out of the church, put away from the church. And he even dealt with again, Paul repeated in verse 13. He said, Therefore, put away from yourselves that wicked person. Put away from yourselves. Does he mean hope he dies? No, he means put him out of the church. The Corinthian church need to get rid of the trouble. And he deals with the leaven and there's, a, he says in verse six, glorifying is not good. Your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven, leaveneth the whole lump. In other words, don't you know, if you don't put this person out of the church, that it's going to hurt the whole church and your the rest of your church is going to see the standard for Christian living? And it's going to be a it's going to be hurtful for the church. Your church can be become apostate. Your church can really uh, become a place for sin. And by the way, if you don't deal with church discipline, you will attract people that want to do that same very sin. So, in other words, in this life, this this person, if there's a family that's been harmed in your church, that person will need to be put out of the church, and I mean they won't be able to return. Now, if something happens and years down the road and that family comes and they maybe want restoration or whatever, that, that's a separate issue. But I'm saying there are there are victims of all kinds. Here's the point. The, the point, uh, sometimes I think when we talk about church discipline and putting people out of the church, and I mean, it's a rarity. It doesn't happen often. But there is a time for it. Because here's the bottom line. We're not going to church for a social club to sit around and drink tea together. Our churches are to reach the lost people. And what happens is if you don't deal with these things, if churches, and I know many pastors, every pastor I know has dealt with church discipline. You don't hear about them a lot. They don't talk about it a lot. But every pastor that I've known, and I know a lot of pastors, has dealt with with spiritual discipline. And, 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 but what you don't understand is, is that if you don't deal with sin, then reaching that lost and dying world, you'll, you'll be dealing with problems and hurts and counseling and, and working through things. And, and the church will literally be bogged down with dealing with these problems. You know, there's a time in our own personal, I think it's important to note it's time in our personal spiritual life that we, if someone continually abuses us, if someone, I mean, I mean, even whatever kind of abuse, verbal abuse, I'm not talking about hitting you, whatever kind of abuse that you decide, you know what, I'm going to limit my time with that person. I can't deal with that anymore because it's affecting me. It's affecting my mind, my will, my emotions, my soul. And and, and a church has a soul to speak of. I mean, it has a will. It has things they're doing. It has emotions. There's highs and there's lows in churches. I mean, you leave an abuser in your church, and it's gonna be hard it's gonna be hard. I like to call it riding the wave. It's gonna be hard to be excited and be on fire for Jesus when you got 20, 30, 40 people, how many ever it is, 10 people affected by this abuser. And and you know, he, oh, it starts through the church, you know. It, it, no one's gonna talk about it, but they pray about it, and the next thing you know, the whole church knows it. And 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 again, most church problems you deal with 10, 20, 30 people, small percentage, 25% of your church, 10% of your church knows. The problems, but eventually that'll creep over into other people in the church, and those new people come in or hear it. Uh, I've I've known many people that said, "Man, if I'd have known this junk went on in the church, man, I'd have never even came to church." I've known many to say that. That's why we've got to be careful about what we talk about. But guess what happens when you discipline someone? You get to see their heart. That's the key about discipline. Many times, and I don't mean once. I don't mean twice, three times, four times, five. Many times. I've, I've seen discipline and been a part of that discipline. And even in the past in the position that I held and and it wasn't great, it wasn't fun. I dreaded it. I hated it, but I knew that we need to do it. And many times you'll see that person repent. And I mean, it won't be two or three services go by. You might see me in the altar Or, or I've seen, I have seen dozens of people that got upset over discipline, but they come back around and say, you know what? You were right. And sometimes it wasn't putting them out of the church. I'm talking about just sitting down and talking to them and they get mad and they throw a fit and they leave the church, but they come back and they say, you know what? Your judgment was right. I don't agree with you hundred percent, but you know, I had the wrong heart about it. And I mean, restoration takes place. And that's the beauty about discipline is when the stores, whenever the soul's restored, And I've never seen anyone, nor would I ever, my heart is never to see someone be destructed and end up going to a devil's hell. That's the reality. I'm afraid if we don't deal with discipline, we're going to pat people on the back all the way to hell. What, seriously, what is hard about discipline? I don't care if you're putting them out of the church. What is hard about discipline compared to burning in hell? People say, you shouldn't do that. I can't believe that. I, You know what, opinions, I mean, everyone's got them. But I'm telling you what, well, then why don't you take it up with God? Because he will cast him into a devil's hell where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth, and they will burn forever, and they will fall forever because there's no bottom to hell. And where the worm, their mind dies not, and they'll be burned over and over and over and over again. My friend, if you have trouble with church discipline, then you probably have trouble with hell because hell is much more severe than church discipline. And by the way, I think it brings about a a church and a people that can trust, a church and a people that can love. And I think it brings about an accountability. When people in your church learn that there's a discipline, uh, many times it's not on grand scales, thank God. But you know, I just heard the other day Uh, at a church and, and it was a church, a mainline denomination. And, and man, they were, they were, I mean, they were like Hollywood type preachers. You know, they would have three or four services a day and they rent out these big auditoriums. And, and they would, and matter of fact, they were actually going in and throwing keg parties and bringing in prostitutes. And, and I mean, that this in full fledged investigation went on. And finally, they decided after two or three years that this, this senior pastor of this well known church, that they have a lot. Of different campuses worldwide church and i mean they finally dealt with them and then the the lead pastor of the main church overseas he dealt with the discipline and he finally said you know yeah we're gonna have to you know he finally talked to him and that guy resigned basically he made him resign but i thought god help us I thought this was like the Corinthian church. This is like the church Paul's talking about the same sin they were dealing with for years. And those people, his helpers, his staff, they all knew about it. And all of a sudden, these hundreds of reports of these girls that have been sexually abused and things that happened. I thought, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Look what the devil's done. And there could be people burning in hell, literally, in in our lifetime. There could be people that walk away from the church and get mad at God and literally go to a devil's hell because of what some other Christian did. And you remember what the scripture says, that it's better for a millstone to be cast around your neck and tossed into the deepest part of the sea than to offend one of these young ones. That's the greatest need for church discipline. Maturity, people can handle things. I don't mean the victim, but I mean in a ministry team, most people can handle whatever. I've seen some pretty hard balls thrown at ministry leaders, and they stand the test of time. When it's in their family, it's a different deal, but I'm saying they can handle it. But what about these new people that come in? The Bible says it'd be better that a millstone be wrapped around your neck, and I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, that's the way this man was in the Corinthian church. He need to be dealt with because he was offending some of these young ones, these new converts they were bringing to the church. This is not a social club. Once again, most churches, if they're a good church, their heart is after reaching the soul of man, the soul of woman. And friends, I know this has been a tough topic and I know that it's not uh, something we can shout and rejoice about, but I think you can, hopefully you can better understand church discipline and that what God's prescribed order in this is and what the purpose of church discipline is. Always church discipline, always, and the hope is to bring restoration to the soul. And that's what Paul dealt with. And friends, if you have any topics, I want you to send them in to me, message me. I'd like to be able to discuss anything. I have a couple of the topics sent to me that I want to discuss. But until next time, friends, God bless.